millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to episode one of the official Nerd Talk podcast, Geek Speak. I'm your host, Sean Williams. And joined as always is my lovely and rambunctious co-host, Josh Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Every week we'll be going through a different Disney Channel original movie, and we will see how in a short period of time, the biggest media company on Earth caters towards solely children and with a large sample size. We will see quality changes, etc., and we're going to go through different comic book movie stuff, different geeky stuff, different nerdy stuff. I know Marvel isn't so nerdy anymore because it's very mainstream, but it'll also be fun to see how Marvel, DC, like, Transformers, ugh, um, Ninja Turtles, like, anything that Star Wars that falls in the geeky, nerdy umbrella that people also want to see us do, we will discuss, have fun with, talk about news, fun stories, etc. So, how are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing super swell. I am the, what do you call me, rambunctious Rudy Rudolph? I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lovely and rambunctious. Name. What? That's a perfect DJ name right there. The lovely and rambunctious co-host, Josh Rudy Rudolph. Because um, he lost the Josh fight, so clearly he's a uh, Rudy. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I am only Rudy now. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, so like I said before, we're going through every Disney Channel original movie. That started kind of as a joke we said a while ago. Like, what if we watch all of these and put them on the podcast we're planning on doing? And now it's happening. So... <laughs> I, um, I regret I regret making this suggestion to you two years ago. But like, why not at this point? It will be very fascinating to see. I think there isn't as much good or bad in this podcast. Podcast? I'm already so good at words. It's great for this. This is only audio. Oh yeah. So this podcast, we're not going to talk about good or bad. We're not going to say this film was good. This film was bad. More of our own general enjoyment, or does this cater toward us as a demographic? Because films are not. Objective. They're subjective. Quality is all to what you want. Um, I mean, we watched today You Lucky Dog, which it's no Paddington 2. <laughs> okay, for, first off right there, uh, you haven't seen Paddington 2, so you do not get to criticize no. the uh, highest rating, highest rated no. movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not. I'm putting. I'm going to say, this movie right here is no Citizen Kane, but I couldn't say that, so I said you, it's no Paddington 2 as a fun joke, because... Paddington 2 has beat out Citizen Kane as the best movie ever. I don't think you're Lucky Dog. First off, yay or nay, Josh, this movie? I'm going to give it a yay because I have never seen an actor work more for an Oscar without realizing they're never going to get an Oscar for a TV movie as Kirk Cameron does here with You Lucky Dog. I'm also going to give it a yay. I was surprised. 
Uh, it's a D, it's a DCOM. If you don't want to DCOM means it's Disney Channel original movie. We'll be using DCOM from here on out because it's shorthand and it's way faster. Um, now we are two people who don't generally seek out DCOMs. Um, I would say that with fair frequency, I don't generally enjoy them. Um, they're not my cup of tea. That doesn't mean they're not bad or not. That does not mean that they're bad or good. It means they're not really for me usually. Um, and I think that's the same thing that goes for you, Rudy. Yeah, I can't. I really, honestly, can't remember the last time like I was excited to see a decom. I was maybe. It might have been like when I was like ten, and the Sweet Life on Deck movie, um, <laughs> or the Phineas and Ferb movie, whenever that came out. It was one of those two, and that was like the last time that I remember being genuinely excited for one. Every every time I see an ad for one, I'm just like, oh, so they're still doing these. That's <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. So it's we're not really that into these, which is kind of the fun of this. Is we're watching this for someone who's not into DComs or super super into Disney as a company or anything like that. So we're watching these more with an eye of analytically no i'm bad i'm not wording good today um more than i have just analysis and seeing how these films over time in a short span of time with a huge sample size because it's been a lot um have changed this the second one ever we couldn't find the first one disney plus so we'll get back to it but not today i think it was you wrapped something what was the first one called it was I, it was something about um, kids finding like a mummy, and they had to get the mummy back to its sarcophagus so it could be with its like female mummy love interest. Yeah. I don't know, but I would love to watch it. We're gonna get, and we'll get to it eventually. We'll go back and watch ones we missed or anything like that. But there's a lot of these, so we'll get through them when we can. Sometimes it'll be one a week, sometimes it'll be two a week, etc. We'll see how it goes. Um, so this movie, I didn't go into it knowing anything, and boy was I surprised. Um. I have a lot of notes. First off, the exposition at the beginning with the articles in the open credits was really good. Like, I was surprised they actually did something like that. But then they ruined it right away. <laughs> with right after it, when he's having uh, the... What's the boy? Dogman. When Dogman is having his first... <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all he will be called from now on. He's no longer oh, Kirk Cameron. He is Dogman. My entire notes, I refer to him as Dogman. Or all right, Man wonderful. Dog. Um... And lawyer chick. I don't. I don't know their names. I know. I think she's Allison. I don't. I think. Um, but anyway, if you don't watch the Lucky Dog, there'll be time codes on the YouTube version of this podcast to where to find uh, which section you want to listen to. Honestly, you're not. This isn't really a spoilery kind of movie. No. Nah. But if you want to be spoiled, if you, if you don't want to be spoiled for this movie, you can skip ahead a little bit. I don't know how long. We'll figure it out later. Um, look, this is our first podcast. We're doing great. Anyway. A little, it ruined that, that exhibition moment right away with he then just says out loud to himself, I don't have powers anymore. I'm like, you could just, you could show yeah, that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, I didn't go into this knowing anything. I just thought it would be, like, a fun movie about, like, oh, someone finds a dog or something like that. No, it's apparently he not only talks to dogs, but he becomes the dog, becomes essentially. Dogs. There's, like, no explanation as to how this happens. It just happens, and we are supposed to accept it. Actually, when the dog gets over-emotional, it's when it happens, Josh. Come on. No, no. I know that's when it happens, but, like, how it happens to him, like, why? It's never explained. There wasn't, like, any kind of, like, passing meteor that rained down radiation only on him or a failed scientific experiment. No, it just happens, and I gotta give them credit for that kind of writing because like yeah i don't i don't know how to feel about that i love they didn't hold your hand at all with that part of it, at least they didn't like they didn't need to explain because that wasn't really the point it would just attract more from the story they had yeah um this doesn't feel like a decom 
Let me explain. It doesn't feel like a movie. Like, Quality-wise, it fluctuates on a lot, like, different scene to scene. Scene to scene, the cinematography fluctuates a lot to me. But, like, in the house, it's pretty good. But... Yeah, for... Go ahead. I, I want to say that it doesn't... It feels like you said before to me earlier, it feels like it should have gone to theaters. And it does. It's not a Disney Channel movie, it feels like. It feels like a Disney movie. Like, a bad one. Well, bad in terms of their Disney scale. It's not bad as a movie, it's just it's in their Disney scale. It it's, not, it's not, like, you know, Frozen. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like in the early '90s when they were releasing like those like bad live action comedies like That Darn Cat and Blank Check. It feels like it was meant to come to theaters because you have uh, Kirk Cameron who at the time was pretty famous uh, just because of like the sitcoms and other movies that he had done, and you also have James Avery from Fresh Prince of Bel Air who's also in this. And for it to be a Disney Channel movie to have that kind of cast is a bit surprising to me. Yeah, I will say that. Um, speaking of the lead guy. I wrote that lead looks like Disney's version of Dennis from Always Sunny. Yes! Um, yes, the, he does! The That's entire time, like it. I was thinking, you look familiar, and I realized, you look like Dennis. Um, what, uh, Glenn Howard, I think his name was, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he looks like, it's the Disney version of him. <laughs> um, God, and that was just really funny would... to me. I would I would kill to see Glenn Howerton play this role, but as like in Always Sunny episodes, just full blown R rated, the same kind of style of humor as that. It would be chaos, and I would love it. Um, also, like ten minutes in the movie, I genuinely thought this would be better than I expected. Like, like pretty fast. Because... Yeah, like some of the jo some of the jokes, like actually, like weren't that bad. Like the deliveries, like were done well. It was again, the jokes weren't like amazing, but like they worked, and I was honestly surprised by that because decom humor, it's not always the best. No, we're not hanging decoms as a whole. I know a lot, of, a lot of people out there, probably a lot of listeners, love them. Like they're they have their charm, they're fun, and they're silly, and they know what they are. This movie knows what it is, and it has fun with that. The three Stooges, the evil characters. <laughs> the guy, the guy, the dumb one, too. And I go on. He was in like a bunch of stuff for Disney, like a bunch of random episodes of things, like that's so Raven and Wizard of a Place and stuff like that. So that was pretty fun. Um, also, Cosmo's mom um, was the maid from for the Parents. That was fun. I knew I recognized her voice. He's also in How I Met Mother as Mrs. Buckminster. Fun fact. Um, yeah. He says that it tastes like shoe leather, and I love that he knew what that tasted like. Before we talk transform into a dog, that is sounded really weird. I would love to see a prequel to this movie where we right? see him as a kid going insane because he is feeling and hearing and knowing everything what his dog is doing. That would be a great psychological thriller, and I would love it. In the bathtub scene, why was he acting like Hank Tom? Hank what? Tom Hanks Hank from Tom? <laughs> Tom Hank Toms. We all know the Hank Toms. Like Tom Hanks and Big. He was acting like a child. I he, guess because Big came out like a few years before this, and so they were like, "Hey, we'll do that." Doesn't really make it sense. It was very they're, weird. They're gonna do like, it. He wasn't when he's he was not an adult in any scene in this movie. No, he was either a dog or a kid, which was just weird. Um, other things I wrote, wrote down: Why is there a vibrating bed? <laughs> um, that, that, I think that was a common thing in like the eighties and nineties in motels. Was it actually? Yeah, because I remember watching the first uh, National Lampoon Vacation movie, um, and they had a vibrating bed that, like, uh, broke, uh, so they had to sleep on the floor. So I think it was a common thing. This is definitely showing our age right now. Yeah, we're 21. Um, anyway, I also wrote down uh, uh, the lawyer's daughter has the same name as the girlfriend, and that's weird. Um, also, I bet lawyer chick and dogman will... Uh, and dogman will fall in love, because plot. It didn't happen, but I still think they should have. 
Yeah, like, it seemed like they were gonna build up to it, but then they were just like, you know what, he's, I don't think any woman would want to get with a guy that can be his dog, like, that's, that creates a lot of different complications. Yeah, the complications. court ruined that for it, so she thought he was legit crazy. Um, yeah. I also want to say that about the fun fact on INDB, they have two trivia facts on this movie. Wow, a whole whopping two! One of which is, it says, this is the second DCOM. The wow. other one is the... Lawyer chick and dogman are married in real life. Good for them. Or war. I don't think so or not, but that was cool. Uh, Congrats. Let me, let me take also, a quick look. Um, why did the dog? Why is he allowed in the mall? Weird thing. Um, yeah, like I, I guess like if if it was like a seeing eye dog or something like that, that makes perfect sense. But he's not. He's just a dog with a lot of money. So I guess they're like, oh, that's a high society dog right there. We must let him into our well, store. They don't know that. Like the first guy who goes up to him is like, hey, who is this dog? You can't be here. He's like, we're rich. I can buy all the furniture. Ha ha ha. Yeah, like the do the dog is on the furniture. The guy's like, dude, get your dog off of the furniture. He's like, no, we're gonna buy this couch, that couch, that couch. How much is it? Uh, that one couch is five thousand dollars. And at first, he's shocked by it, but then he remembers, oh, I have millions of dollars. This is nothing to me. Well, what's funny is, at what point did you run out of money? Because like he definitely spent well over a million dollars. Ah, oh, most definitely. He had sixty-four million in the beginning. I don't know how much he had by the end. He is he still making wealth? The, I, I don't know. Like, it's never explained what the rich guy who died, like, what his fortune came from. It's this just, movie does not explain has a lot. money. Yeah, this movie does not explain a lot. Um, and it doesn't really need to. It gets the basics of what it needs to down, so that way kids and everyone else can understand. It's not going for complexity. Also, here. if you ever watch the movie again, in the mall scenes, watch all the extras instead. Because their reactions are priceless, and made a whole movie worth it. Ah, I didn't watch the reactions. Um, there's just a guy who looks dumbfounded in the food court, and it made my day. They also cut to a guy in the food court who looks really dumb at them. Not like he looks ugly or like dumb, I mean like he has a dumb face on, looking like, huh? Yeah. Um, also, what was his dog voice like? It's like he's trying to be shaggy, but raspier and deeper. <laughs> and it's not a good I... impression. It's really weird. I don't. Dogman <laughs> was giving a performance that I wasn't expecting in the slightest, but I am so happy I got to witness. I think Dogman is our official uh, mascot of the podcast now. <laughs> oh god. Um. Also, why did Allison say she'll help Dogman? Like, bro, she's not his lawyer at first. Like, before they went to the court case, like, I'll help you whatever I can. Like, you, he's not hiring you yet. Because he has millions he has of dollars, and if she and if they don't win the case, then that's a lot of money that she could lose out on. That's true, but like. I would say, hey, you should hire me. I'll help you, like something like that. Instead of just being like, I'll help you, because what if he like, what if he never offers to pay? What if he never actually helps her or something? Negotiate up first. Come on. Also, I wrote, why am I kind of investing in this case? <laughs> like, I actually want to know what's gonna happen. I, I think I was invested in it because every actor took it as seriously as possible, and like with like DCOMs and like uh, other like movies like these that are made on like a very short like time crunch, like the actors don't always give like a hundred and ten percent. No, no, they gave a hundred and ten percent here. Like the court case, they treated it like it was a real court case, and I loved it. Yeah, I also want to say that um, I was curious because I knew how I knew it was going to end well for him, but I had no idea how. Because it was ridiculous and he looked crazy. Oh yeah, the the turning around thing with the pen was fun. Was clever. Like the yeah, it was still weird, but and of him was... the fact that the dog thinks in like words like "what's up" or it's like "why." 
Um, yeah, at least they weren't trying to make him like a cool kid, uh, K E W L, uh, in the 90s, uh, just like saying like slang and hip and cool words and whatnot. They were just like, no, he's he just talks normal with sometimes an occasional what's up. Also, it's obvious that they, uh, from the beginning, that they're the guys who killed, I mean, the, the three trio of idiots, the ones who killed the old guy from the beginning. Oh, like, yeah. It was obvious, but like, it was still fun to see it. I, I didn't realize it. I thought it was obvious when they said the throwaway line, like, I've done it before. Like, okay, cool. Now we know. He said My early favorite on, thing. Go on. Gone. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he said early on, the, the, the leader of the three idiots said, like, I've, uh, trust me, I can kill this dog. I can do it again. Also, he threatened killing a dog multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> which took them from annoying uh, villains to, you know, your mustache twirling comical characters who will not win. Yeah. The second but... you mention killing a dog, you know you're going to lose. I, my fa my favorite thing uh, throughout the movie was whenever the dog would get mad and then Dogman would himself get mad like the dog. Like, people would, like, be a little bit afraid at first, and then once Dogman, like, steps in and, like, does the growling and stuff too, like, they are terrified. They want to get the hell out of there. And it was always hilarious to me. I was just like, someone's going to leap out a window when this happens, and I wanted it to happen so badly. Um, I also want to say that Jack, at the end, should have felt the ear graze with the bullet when it happened, not afterward. That was yeah, dumb. it's not really it's not really consistent with that, but again, it's not really something that needed um, to be fully consistent. Other notes I had, let's see. Why did the guy pull out why did idiot number one pull out a gun in the courtroom? You're in a courtroom. Like there are there's police and security everywhere. That's not witnesses. End well for you. Like you could argue your way out of this instead of and maybe win instead of saying this. Cause like, this dude could also just lie. Like you could <laughs> He can, he can, I think he can prove that he has connection with the dog. He can't prove that he's telling the truth all the time. Yeah. Like, that was weird. Um, pull a gun? Sure. Um, oh, also I wrote this movie is the movie Annie, but instead of a small ginger girl, it's a psychic dog man. <laughs> it's the same movie. Plus, Knives Out a little bit. Um, yeah, like in the beginning, uh, I was thinking, like, this is, did did Ryan Johnson take inspiration from Your Lucky Dog for Knives Out? <laughs> I'm not uh, gonna say how, but like, there's a certain plot element in this that is very reminiscent of Knives Out. If you haven't seen, okay, it. we spoiled enough already at this point. Like, it's you, you can spoil if you really want to. It's okay. Um, I will say one more thing about this. Where is it? I lost my notes. Um, overall, this movie. Surprise me, and we're not trying to just bash all DCOMs because they're not all bad and stuff like that. We're actually see quality range because we always have a negative perception of, the, perception of them. Because we've probably seen a very small handful of them um, re in reality and realize that they have fluctuating quality like every movie thing does. And it'll be fun to see how that quality changes over time and how Disney's catered towards children. They should go back to this model because this is really fun. Yeah. I'm gonna. So this is a yay for you too. Yeah, this this is a yay for me. I don't know if I would like consistently see myself rewatching it over the years, but it's a yay every day. Um, every day I see Dogman. So yeah, this is a fun movie. If you want to watch something silly on Disney on on Disney Plus, if you have it, look up You Like a Dog. If you have kids, put it on. It's very cute. Um, the weird there's there's weird moments and there's weird characters, but like it's fun and you the parents might enjoy a little bit of it more than some decoms. So overall, that's a yay. Um, also, now's our next segment. Uh, do, 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 That's the theme of songs. We don't have one yet. Um, <laughs> introducing who we are first off. I know you just heard a lot about us talking for 20 minutes. 
but now who are we? And explain about uh, filmmaking, because this Philbot podcast involves filmmaking, watching movies, making movies, playing games, and more. Um, that's the overall like theme of the podcast. And we are filmmakers. We are both film students, seniors in filmmaking. No, seniors in film school who do filmmaking. We're both concentrating and directing. Um, and we're minoring in like acting stuff. So it was really fun to see how younger filmmakers, I think, will react to some things like DCOMs over time. Um, so, Josh, Rudy Boy, um, Mr. Fantastic, that's your name now. Explain about, a bit about who you are as a person. Uh, I am a fun-loving guy who loves uh, long walks on the beaches and uh, just having <laughs> deep conversations. Oh, wait, that was my uh, dating profile. Uh, in actuality, I this is a terrible joke. Um, He's single, uh, ladies. <laughs> Uh, I am a huge movie lover. I have always been since I was a small kid, ever since I watched uh, Spider-Man 2 in theaters. Uh, My movie collection has been growing vastly. Um, I basically have an entire wall of movies because I'm terrible with money. Uh, But I... I, Yeah, I do. (laughs) Uh, I love video games as well. My favorite video games um, in are the last of us uh, series last of us 2 is my favorite game of all time um tv shows they're neato i love them uh, breaking bad is still my favorite uh, show uh what, what else uh you've seen over 1400 movies i have my well, that ranges from like shorts to like ep- some, sometimes it's longer episodes like it ranges a lot but it's on letterbox where it's considered a film he's logged over 1400 of them I've I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot that I've also regretted. I recently watched the entire Saw series. I think I'm worse off than I was when I started that series. So you give Saw a nay? I Saw one. We'll I get to it. Nay. We'll eventually get to Saws. It's okay. <laughs> um, this is not a Saw podcast. A Saw cast. I'm sure it's already a thing. I'm sure it's a thing. Um, it probably is. But so this, you've seen about 1,400 movies. I've seen about 900 something uh, on Letterboxd. We both have Letterboxd accounts. You can probably find us if you can search it, but don't look for us because we're mysterious and creepy. No. Anyway. <laughs> yes, it's not like we have YouTube channels, social medias, and all that other. Right, cool no, stuff. no. We're not, at all. we're not public at all. What? Um, we're, we're, we're completely in the dark. Yeah. So <laughs> I am a, I'll say, like he is as well, a filmmaker, a film student, and we have made movies. <laughs> We've made short films. I am a person who's done YouTube for eight years seven years something like that on a minecraft gaming channel minecraft avatar and now i am focusing more on film stuff while still doing a little bit on the side um i watch movies i act i enjoy films we've watched a lot we love we both love superheroes and yeah. comic book characters he doesn't read a lot of comic books i read more than he does and no he has pockets of knowledge i have pockets of knowledge and together we have some knowledge <laughs> We have slightly big pockets of knowledge. Yeah, and so there's a segment later on that will be super weird stories we're going to go through and talk about weird and obscure and wholesome sometimes, not always wholesome, sometimes just bad, bad, bad stories about comic book-related things or superhero-related things. Um, And today's going to be really interesting with that. Um, He hasn't heard any stories beforehand. I'm going to explain some stories and hear his reactions to these as we discuss. That'll be really fun. Um, The way this podcast is lined up is we always have uh, the intro, then we have DCOMs, and then we have, like, our main segment, followed by news, super weird stories, and then we're out, um, with a little bit of plugs. So we are two film people who love superheroes, pretty much, and we make a podcast about it, because superheroes are awesome. 
But today we're focusing on filmmaking for our main segment, and that will be about our first time making films. Oh boy. <laughs> um, let's talk about one we made, we made together first. Um, the Time Warp. The Time Warp. So this is a film... Who, who, wants, to ex- who wants to explain how this all came about? <laughs> um, with... Let's not... Let's make sure to leave names out of everything. Yeah. Um, besides ourselves, because we're idiots. Um, and we're here together. So, we made a film in freshman year film school. Um, <laughs> in about a week. Just saying, with no budget at all. And barely a script. Um, it was an interesting experiment to see if we could make... Uh, uh, basically, what the film is, is two friends uh, discover an app that allows them to time travel and they go back to the 80s. Um, and it was an interesting experiment to see if you could do that with nothing. And we <coughs> made it with nothing. <coughs> I'm dying, sorry. Anyway, continue. Uh, we ha- we got actors. Uh, I shot it <laughs> despite not shooting and actually not knowing anything about cinematography in the slightest. Uh, we shot it over what two or three days, uh, depending. Uh, there were some interesting uh shooting problems that we had yeah. due to like certain locations and things like that that we had to try to fix in post. So, uh, Sean can definitely speak a lot more to that. But over. Overall, I think it was a fun experience. Um, just I would do it again. I would do it again, but differently. Uh, yes. So, uh, but just yeah. I'm gonna turn here, turn in here for a second, and say that this was an interesting process because we didn't get to pick anything, like literally no. anything. Um, we were assi- I'm not gonna submit to the teacher or anything like that, or even the class or anything. We were assigned groups to make, to make films with. We all wrote scripts, and we were assigned. The scripts from random people, pretty much is how it was. She picked a teacher picked the scripts, and she gave us the scripts and said, "Make this film," which is not usually how filmmaking works. A lot, if you're not aware, um, you have a lot more saying what you're doing. Yeah, uh, and we also had to, we also couldn't choose our positions in the filmmaking process, like who's good at what. We couldn't do that. It was yeah, we that was a lot of problems. Roles. Yeah, we were assigned these roles with these people and making this film. What? <laughs> That's not how this works. Um, then it was a fun experiment. I would, I might do that again, but not with the same person picking everything. Probably. Um, nah. I also would like to know everyone first, more than just being assigned people I don't know yet. Um, so our person who was going to direct ended up not showing up and becoming the editor, and then ended up dropping out entirely. So our group of four people turned into a group of three people, which was made, made it a bit more challenging. Yeah, I ended up having to direct this film, and then Josh was cinematographer. I didn't know about a lot about directing yet. I had had no directing classes yet, and he had had no cinematography classes yet. Yeah. So it was it was a it was it was a fun time of just seeing like okay we have to do this we just need to go and we need to do it it doesn't matter how it turns out we just gotta do it that was basically the mentality that we had for it. And luckily I had some sound equipment already, which made things a lot easier. Yes, that def- um, that definitely helped. And our buddy, I'm not gonna name or anything like that yet. I uh, had a camera we could borrow, and he helped me edit this. So this film is on YouTube, um, the Time Warp. It's our keep in mind it's our first film ever, so it wasn't. It's not great. It's it's bad, but like it was fun. Bad. It's silly. It was a dumb thing we did, and, and we will definitely explore that more in the future as well, probably. Um, but so our my friend and I, and Josh was there a lot of it for editing editing your horror thing. Um, yeah, uh, I, I had uh, this is just a sidebar. During this time, I had to, an editing project where I had to turn 
uh, a movie into a different genre for a trailer, so I turned Home Alone 2 into a horror trailer. So while I was working on that, they were working on editing the time warp together and losing their minds. Yeah, uh, so doing... we had a lot of times... We didn't have enough coverage. We did not have enough coverage of anything, which is like enough shots and takes of things you would want to use. Yeah. Um, we often had one we could. Pit. We only had one take of one shot we could use for something. Mm-hmm. Um, that was usable, and it was rough. <laughs> um, but my friend and I edited together. I mean, he's the editor. I was sitting there with him the whole time, like, saying what I wanted and what we needed to do and stuff. And he made it come out okay, like a lot better than it could have been for sure. He saved the film, um, and he's great. He's the goat. Um, and it's great. It was really fun. And we were in there for 30 hours, 20 straight, and then 10 straight. Or uh, other way around. Yeah, 10 straight, then 20 straight the next day. That was rough. This film was really fun to make, and process-wise, we had... Oh, keep in mind, that we, that the audience doesn't know this yet. It was snowy. So yeah. the women we were trying to cast, no one auditioned. We had two people auditioned. One over uh, video, and, we didn't, and one over in-person. Because there was too much snow to get to auditions. Yeah. So we had no real choice if we wanted. They, they both came out great. They, I, we're happy with the casting. Everyone was fun. We had a fun time. It was great. Um, I'm surprised it came out as good as it did. We had to have our last minute location for our biggest scene the day of. We had yep. no location until about an hour before. Because we had a maybe. And then we had a, sure, no one's in there. We can use it. <laughs> Which yeah. is not how it should work for filmmaking at all. Um, sometimes, it, sometimes it's just how it goes. So yeah, this film we're gonna use up board about an app that you can time travel with. Originally, okay, the original version of the script was <laughs> written to not be picked, and meaning, our we had could, it, was to, it was supposed to be little dialogue, um, very visual, very feasible and doable. The script, oh, I was not given those instructions at all. <laughs> the script we wrote uh, that was that was picked was almost all dialogue set in the 1920s. Uh, wh- huh? The the best thing about that and that she chose it was that she thought that the, our uh, teacher thought that could be fun to do, and she wanted us. She specifically asked us if we can put in a speakeasy scene. Keep in mind, most of us were still only eighteen working on this project, like With no money, and like had no money, so we couldn't do any like costume stuff. We couldn't go to any bars to film any scenes. We had no time whatsoever either. We had a few days because we couldn't actually meet up until like after Thanksgiving, if my memory is correct on that yeah we had <laughs> we had about a week from thanksgiving break till winter break to make this until, until it was due to make this film um from getting our casting to f- finishing editing and turning it in we turned it in the day it was like, an hour before it was due like to the film showcase thing um and that's not because it wasn't done it's because we had to do some tweaks and we slept in because we had to sleep, because that's important, after 30 hours. Um, the weirdest part of it to me was that, actually, not weirdest, but the saddest part to me was we forgot the author, the writer's, screenwriter's name in the one that went out in the showcase, the version, in the credits. She was oh, credited, she was yeah, credited, I remember that. Yeah, she was credited in the, as sound person, which is true. She did that, and she was great. But she wrote the script, and she didn't get credit for that, and that's really upsetting. So her parents were there, too. The version that has her name in it is on YouTube, so she's still credited on where it's there forever. But that one time showing in a theater, she didn't get credited for it. Um, and that's really sad. And we, we taught, my uh, my buddy and I were like, oh no, when we saw that, and it was just devastating. And then, so that was our first film Josh and I did together. 
that's kind of how we got really close together during that film. Yeah. Um, we met at orientation and stuff like that at school and then had classes together, but we really got close during that film. But I want to say this. So he had, he and I had a little experience with filmmaking before school. Um, <laughs> I had less, technically speaking. Technically speaking. Because I didn't actually make a film. I'll explain that soon. But Josh, so your first experience with film, your, you made a short film in, in senior year of high school. Yeah, so the the class was a, was a quote-unquote film class, but it was more photography with film elements. Um, and the final project was to make a short film. And since I was the only senior in the class, I had more time because seniors got out of school earlier than uh, other people did. And to make a long story short, uh, the original film I wanted to do, uh, which was like a zombie post-apocalyptic drama, never saw the light of day. Very happy about that. I've gone back and looked at the script. Bad. Just bad. And... <laughs> and with the resources that I had available to, when I made the actual short film I made, I'm glad I didn't make the first film. But so the film I made was uh, took inspiration from the disaster artist. Um, and it was about me and my friends uh, uh, writing and putting on a play uh, because our teacher it was mean, uh, not in real life. He wasn't mean at all. Um, and we wanted to do a play our way and, uh, and everything like that. Um, and the movie is called Super Ultra Mega Play The Movie. It is 25 minutes long. Uh, it has only three people in the cast. We did everything. I had no microphones. I had one camera. Um, there was a script, but most of the time we just improvised there, every scene. It's there, I, that's what I'm film. saying. There was there was a script. We just never followed it. It was basically just like, okay, this scene is taking place here. Uh, this is where the conversation like needs to start. This is where it needs to end. Um, and that's just kind of what we went through for the whole thing. But then the actual play scene, which is like the last like 10 minutes of the movie, there was no script for that at all. That was completely improvised. Uh, genius decision on my part. <laughs> um, and is I? it's not a good movie, but... By Hold on God, second. I explain the what the play scene was. What the context around that? Okay, so the context of it was because it's called Super Ultra Mega Play the movie. I was like, oh, like I want to do something different. I want to show the actual play of like you know, because you always had these movies about like you know making the movie, but you never see it. I was like, nah, we're gonna show the play. And so I took um, the final play that we had written in our play class, um, the three of us, uh, which was called Super Ultra Mega Play. Um, which is just kind of an amalgamation of all, like, the references and stuff we had done in the previous plays, and, like, just a giant 50-plus page uh, script. And so that was the basis of what I was going to uh, use for it. And to, again, to make a very long story short for that, is about Batman training a wannabe Iron Man how to be a superhero, and just, there's no way for me to explain it without sounding like an insane person. It is just, it's also, something that you need to see for yourself. Also, Josh plays Batman. Um, yes, and, and my Batman performance is better than all Batman's. And he's ever. wearing a Last Jedi T-shirt during it, which is, makes it better. <laughs> uh, his costume is a cape, a, uh, a Christian Bale Batman mask thing, yep. and a Last Jedi T-shirt, which is the most Batman thing ever. Um, it, I love it. <laughs> it's a very silly film. Like it's fun. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but would you say it's? Would you give it a yay or nay? Hold on. I'd give it a yay all right. for all the wrong reasons. It's not good, you, but it's yeah. amazing and it's like bad quality because we just had so much fun doing it and just seeing all the mistakes I made from like just every kind of angle from like editing to writing to quote unquote writing and cinematography. It's a disaster, but God, I love it. I'll give everyone's first film a yay because 
that's hard. It's hard as shit to try that. Like it's it's difficult to try. You really gotta put yourself out there. You really gotta try something. Go go out there. Get people. Get things together. It's a lot of planning or messing around. And it's just fun. And to actually want to make a film, it's not an easy process. I know we said that, we said earlier we made a film in a week. That wasn't a brag. That was a don't do this. Um, yeah. Don't, don't. No. No. Yeah. Earlier though, I think Super Ultra Mega Play the movie is that correct title? Super Ultra Mega Play the movie. Yes. Okay. Um, it's a very odd film. I've seen it <laughs> more than once. Um, <laughs> it's a film that once you see it, you will be changed forever. <laughs> yep. But I don't know if it's in a good way or bad way. Because there's a scene where yep. Bat- you, Batman, wiggle your arms and go, Ooh, and it makes me crack up laughing every time for all that the was, wrong reasons. But that's why I give that it a yay. That was like the one take we did of that scene of where Batman is interrogating Iron Man for reasons that I don't even remember. And like, he just says something like, um, am I the bad guy? Am I torturing you? And then he does the arm waving like, ooh, like, I honestly don't know what I was doing, but we got it and it just works. By it works, I mean, it doesn't work, but it works perfectly because of that. It doesn't work, but it works. So that was his first film. Ever when films like he didn't have experience or anything like that going into it. No. <laughs> uh, and my first time making a film was started sophomore year of high school. <laughs> Went into the end of my senior year, and then I had surgery in summer, so I couldn't finish this film. Also, couldn't finish it for other reasons, but because it wasn't gonna be good and it wasn't gonna be. Anyway, I developed a script for a Spider-Man fan film called Wrath of the Goblin, and Josh and I read the script together before, at like three a.m. We did. It was fun. It was fun. It's not a good script. I think it's fine. It's passable at best. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it needs a lot of work, and that's fine. But um, we actually did an Indiegogo page for it and made, like, 600 bucks like that for it, which we didn't get to take out all... He didn't let us take out all the movie money for some reason, even though we were allowed to. There was a huge problem with, there was a problem with that on that end. But most of the money came from the actor for Gwen Stacy's family, actually. Because there's all these perks, like, you can get a movie poster, you can get all this like, DVD, and stuff like that. And, like, if you did these certain perk levels. And I felt so bad, like, when it was cancelled, because I was like, uh... Bye! <laughs> None of this is happening. Peace! Um, but it was fun in the process. We did table reads, we did costume, we did pictures, we did we made a poster. Um, like, we started shooting, actually. We have some footage of it. The footage isn't good. It's- How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's not, but that's fine. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing either. The shots were like, there's okay sound quality. The video isn't great. Like, we didn't know what I was doing. I tried shooting a giant lab scene on a green screen that I had for like 30 people. It didn't work at all because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Now I know how to use a green screen better because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and that's shown in another film I'm working on called Selected, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but it's a mess. The Spider-Man Wrath of the Goblin film is a mess. I also don't really want to... I'm not even friends with some people who are in the cast or crew now because like, there's huge differences in us now um it's a very weird film we made i was working on because the plot uh it had an origin part and then it skipped it forward a month after the origin to get like to skip the learning curve thing and then mm-hmm. like josh would you get the wrath of the goblin script a yay or nay you can say nay it's okay oh god that was what was that back in like october or november when we read it sure to get on your on your remember memory of it your rem- your remember <laughs> My memory of it was just that I was giving Peter Parker's dialogue like the weirdest like accent in like dialects just to add add some weird humor to it just because like I was so tired and out of it because it was three a.m. My idea was to have Harry be Goblin because I want I was Green Goblin's Wrath of the Goblin obviously I was doing Death of Gwen Stacy and I wanted to have uh, Green Goblin be Harry instead of Norman because I thought the relationship would be more fun to play around with of best friends being enemies rather than my friend's dad that's a mistake because i think it's scary having to be your friend's dad looking back on it but i was in high school and i wanted to cast high school actors i actually mm-hmm. didn't have a, i actually had adult like professional theater actors in this too like that was an actual thing um i had kingpin and other fun characters who were really excited about this movie and then like ah i don't know what i'm doing over my head i mean over my head and i'm like i about to have surgery i can't and i just kind of dipped and it ended <laughs> um we may eventually do a commentary on that movie, like a read through of the script and stuff like that. I think really funny if we did it on podcast one day, like as the podcast. But not that day is not today. And next up, I have worked every film I've worked on has had a Josh on set. Um, I'm gonna skip past my film forward a lot of that because besides maybe a little bit of editing, I did a film called Forward, not out yet because I don't 
honestly love the story and looking back on it, um, it was better at the time. But also editing wise, Josh here edited my film forward with me. It was it was a long process for a lot of reasons. There was some fun. I don't want to get into. I don't everyone to bad mouth anyone, but there were some things happened on set made things a little more difficult. Um, that's what I'm gonna say. Some things on set made the editing process more difficult. I will also say that uh, the film was fun, and I think it's not terrible. So that's a, always a comment. You get better. You'll make a bunch of crap, like a bunch of shit, and then you'll get better yes. over time. You have to make the bad stuff to practice and to get to get better. Dump out your worst ideas. Do them. Make your bad <laughs> ideas. That will help True. you a lot. Yeah, like my my sequel uh, to my oh, no. uh, first film. Uh, I made that after we had made the time warp, but like about a month or so afterwards. Um, and this time, because I knew more about what I was doing and knew more is in quotes, uh, we stuck to the script more. But this was originally my idea for it was like a feature length film. Uh, I was going to have like uh, I had asked some people to like to be on the crew. Um, but then like as we were getting closer to the shooting, like their schedules were starting not uh weren't able to align uh, all together so i decided uh to scrap the feature length idea and turn it into a short film um and i'm fine with that i there's no bad blood at all between any of us like it just happens that's gonna happen in life uh the schedules just won't always align um and so the sequel is called the murder of cardboard cutout ben affleck and for that title to make sense you have to see the first movie um which <laughs> and if I you search up josh rudolph uh, on youtube you'll find his first movie Yes. Which I'm so sorry um, I just pointed that out, but it's now there. Yes. Uh that doesn't matter to me. I want everyone to see them. It's so interesting. Uh, but but to for it to make sense, to, you have to see the first one. But essentially it's a murder mystery about the three of us, the same people from the first movie, figuring out who murdered our friend cardboard cutout Ben Affleck. Um, and we just go through like each of us like impersonate different like famous mystery characters. Um I think I did I did uh, I did like a fifties uh, black and white uh, detective. Uh, someone did Batman. Someone did uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo, uh, and the whole process was not as good as the first one because I want to do it like more streamlined, like stick more to this script and things like that. But at the same time, we still didn't, and the editing was more comprehensive than the first one. Uh, but overall, because I didn't like the script was always constantly changing uh, just to like accommodate for a lot of different things. It was not as good as I wanted it to be. There were still like some funny things that I enjoyed um, and some ideas. But overall, I would personally give it a nay. This is more from myself, uh, just because like it's not as good as the first one for a lot of different reasons. And I think trying to make it make more sense. Yeah, the place the placing is what makes the first movie just the greatest thing ever. Uh, but the second movie never really had anything like that amazing. Some scenes just go on for too long, and it's another twenty five minute short film when in reality it did not need to be that long. But it just did. It happened, and I loved working with the guys. Uh, but yeah, it it happens. It's a bad movie, and I personally don't like it as much as the first. That's completely understandable. Like filmmaking, you dump out your bad ideas. That's, I say all the time. You just just. Get rid of them. I mean, by get rid of them, I mean make them. Like, make your bad yes. ideas. Because then you'll have fun with it. Like, you will write your, If you have a bad idea, write it out. If you have an idea you think is good, write it. Make it. Because you never know. Film it and the subject, subjectivity is a mixed bag of what people think. So, like, just have fun with it. Make whatever you want to make. Um, and then after my film forward, uh, this Josh worked on this film, too. I uh, was working on Afro Futurist short film called The Selected. During COVID, we wore masks. We were distant. We did everything right. Um... Then on on uh, film one of the scenes, one of the actors got in a car accident. He was fine, uh, but it made the whole schedule fall apart. Um, yeah. 
And then my lead actor a few weeks later got COVID, like not from our set and not during our set, but like later on, which made it so we rescheduling things is a huge problem. And then Thanksgiving happened and then Christmas and New Year's and now we're here. And the, the last thing we need to shoot is the first scene. And it's an outdoor scene and it was in the fall before and nothing looks the same. So now we're stuck waiting a year or changing the scene entirely. So that's fun. I wrote it in an Afrofuturism class in school and that was very fun. And I also want to finish the film because I think it's a great story. I think all the actors involved really wanted to see it finished and all the crew involved wanted to see it finished. So it'll get done eventually. Just not that day is not today. Um, so that's our filmmaking journey so far. It's been interesting. Make your bad ideas. We both worked on other things too. Like worked on a lot of it. We haven't, but like as directors, this is what we've done so far, which isn't a lot. Um, and most well, of Well, no, done. I... Well, I also, I, I forgot. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot this. Uh, during COVID as well, I made a documentary short film for my documentary class. Right. Um, and so I'll be putting that one back up on my uh, YouTube channel uh, soon. Um, and I think it would be kind of redundant to explain what it is because it's what the movie is about. Uh, so just once it goes up, check it out for yourself. I think that is the film so far that I'm really the most proud of it's aside great. from my first film because it's the one where I got to like really show my serious side and like understand like more about like what I was doing. Um, of course I would love, I would have loved to have like a full crew and like, uh, like other things uh, to make it come to life more, I guess in a sense, but with what I was able to accomplish, I'm really proud of it. I thought you said aside from your first film, I mean your first one was still better in your eyes. No, it's not better in my <laughs> eyes, but I'm saying just like the, everything about it it's just like for my first thing and for it to come out like that not good but kind of amazing like i'm still proud of it and what we did with that's completely nothing. fair yeah your documentary is great you should watch it when it comes out um anyway this is our filmmaking journey so far we've done other things we've worked on other films i produced a film before i have done sound designing i've, I've gripped we've got like we've done all these other jobs on films before it's not just directing and writing but we're also writing and directing all the time and as this next year comes around we talk about filmmaking a lot more because we'll be in school again and making films again. And that is the segment of filmmaking our first film journey. Woo! Woo! So again, this is the official Nerd Talk podcast for the Nerd Talk channel, where we'll do uh, where we will put films, where we will enjoy each other's company, where we will put the podcast, and as well as where we'll put uh, VFX videos and cinematography tutorials, like a film riot kind of channel, generally speaking. Um, there'll be a Geek Speak podcast channel as well, which will be just a podcast, and this will show up still on the Geek Speak one. This will be on Spotify and YouTube and other places like that as well to watch this, um, to listen to this wonderful podcast. Uh, Nerd Talk is a name I came up for myself was for a filmmaking a long time ago, because we're nerds and we want to talk about fun, nerdy stuff. And the Geek Speak is an extension of that. So, that's what this is, and our next segment is news. So, first off, I don't know if you know about this news, Josh. You ready for it? I don't know if you're ready. Yes. Dave Bautista news. Do you know what this is? Uh, I think I do. He joins the Knives Out 2 cast. So, Dave Bautista to me, Knives Out 2. What do you think about that? I am excited and I'm curious. I, I'm more excited than because he was in the the last James Bond movie, Spectre, that was like 2015. I When I heard the news, I was excited, but I was really disappointed because he had like nothing to do in it. But I, knowing Ryan Johnson, he's going to give him a lot more to do. So I am excited to see him expand uh, his range so um, and see what he's capable of. I've only seen Dave Bautista in one role, and it's Drax the Destroyer. To my knowledge, I might have seen him in something else, but I think it's just that. Um, I don't think, I, I don't, not performance wise, I think he does the job okay. I don't think, it, I don't love Guardians 2 for Drax. Um, 
but that's just for me as a superhero fan and comic book fan and stuff. I don't love the interpretation a lot. Um, but I don't also think he's doing a bad job at all. I don't think he's a bad actor from any stretch. I've not seen him a lot, though. I can't really judge him yet. Knives Out, though, I don't think it needs a sequel. If you've not think... seen Knives Out, watch it. It's great. Just watch it. But also... Well, I th- I think exploring a sequel with uh, Benoit Blanc, um, just like exploring more of his cases, I think is a fun idea. Um, similar to like um, uh, Hercule Poirot in the uh, Murder on the Orient Express um, series. I don't know if it actually has a name for that, but similar to that, I think that's a fun idea because the first one is just um, amazing. I love Knives Out. Yeah, I love KFC Sherlock Holmes. He's great. Um, <laughs> so I, I, overall, news over that is a yay or nay for you. David Houston, Knives Out too. It's a yay. I'm curious. I'm still mad, though, that it's coming to Netflix. Oh, in that case, nay. Don't care. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Hard nay. No can't change your mind. Nope. <laughs> Darn. For the record, yeah, guys, yay or nay means almost nothing in this podcast. It's more just a fun thing we do. Uh, we can say yay for a fun hat or nay for a not fun hat. You can say for anything. Um, now, next bit of news is a Venom 2 trailer came out. I'm last movie first off Venom one not spoiling anything. Did you yay or nay for Venom one? It's a yay, but for all the wrong reasons. Is it hesitantly nay for you then? It's a it's a more hesitant yay. I will rewatch it, but like I'll be so confused as to just everything of that movie. That's fair. I I'm gonna give Venom one a yay. Venom two. Tra- I don't think you need a sequel though. I am honestly way more excited for this than I am for the first because I think Andy Serkis was able to figure out what this needs to be and like the tone seems very consistent whereas in the first one it didn't know what it wanted to be. Here it looks like it knows exactly what it wants to be like in the beginning of the trailer like um, when Venom is making breakfast Eddie just looks like he wants to die and I'm like this is great. I love this. I want this to be the whole movie and it looks like how it's going to be so I'm I'm very excited for that. For those that. unaware, Andy Serkis is directing this film. He's referencing. Um, but Venom 2 trailer for me, I'm giving this nay. I don't want a sequel. I don't like characters movie. I The first one was fine. This one looks like it's... I don't I don't have an opinion of it. I mean, I mean, this is a nay for the trailer, not for the movie as, as, as a whole. I don't. I want to see more first, because I'm only interested in Carnage in this movie. I don't really care about Venom in this movie. We've seen Venom, what he can do and stuff. But the Carnage looks like just red Venom instead of... Carnage is much lankier in the comics. Like He's very... Yeah, slimy like, a distinct and slithery. visual difference, right? And it, you can silhouette wise, you can tell silhouette wise. You cannot tell the difference here. Besides, actually, no, that's it. You can't tell the difference, but silhouette wise. Well, that was the that was the problem in the first Venom with um, what was it, Riot? Was that the yeah, villain? Riot? Um, yeah, like he was like a silver Venom. Like there was barely any difference. Like the only difference was like the way that the eyes look. But even then, it's um, it's a minute difference. And it's like in the fi- yeah, so, like, in the final fight, like, when they're just, like, tossing each other around, just, like, what is going on? What What is this? Yeah, I don't think this... I think this one has the same problem, though, for me, though, from what I've seen so far. Both mm-hmm. so far, in this first, like, what is it, like, like two shots of Carnage, whatever, it doesn't look like a lot. I don't really care that much yet. I want to care more, and I want to see Carnage look more carnage and less venom-y. Um, I know they're both symbiotes, or symbiotes, as I said in the first one trailer, or whatever. Um, I want to see a little more of what he will look like, and hopefully it'll be changed a little bit. But everyone seems to love his look. I'm like, I think he doesn't look like Ven- like doesn't look like Carnage, whatever. So, nay for me because he's not lanky enough. <laughs> also, Cletus Cassidy is a cool character, and I'd rather see him in a Spider-Man film because then he'd be way more terrifying. That's just for me. Like, like Carnage as a character is an actual psychopath, like serial killer, is more sometimes 
because Spider-Man has very sympathetic villains, generally speaking. So seeing it just an all-out serial killer as a villain would be very interesting to see Peter Parker go against to me in film. Um, yeah, and, and Andy Serkis confirmed this is not in the MCU or part of it. Yeah, but which, there's that weird thing with Sony where it also is, but it isn't. And then you have like Morbius, like um, having uh, it, like I, I can't Vulture. really talk about it because that's spoilers. But, but yeah, like Vulture shows up. I'm just like, okay, you need to have some consistency here so people aren't confused because Morbius and Venom are in the same universe. I also think it's probably funny for us saying this is the Raimiverse. Raimi already had Venom. What do you mean? It's not. It, you can't have two Eddie Brocks. So people saying this is in the same Raimi and Tobey Maguire films, the trilogy of Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, is because the, the Daily Bugle has the same logo. That's it. The same head header. Which he probably just already had the, the asset for it and used it again. That's all it was, probably. Um, what I thought they should have done with that, though, is use the um, Asian Spider-Man Daily Bugle logo. That would have been... I don't even remember what that it's logo just a little bit like. different. Like it doesn't. It, it's ah. different enough. At all. It's still a Daily Bugle logo, and like who cares? But it's different enough. That yeah, it, it could match that universe still and be fine, and not ever be needed. Talked about that, no problem. Um, but then this happened, and people were like, "It's in the Raimi universe. It's in the Tobey Maguire universe." Like, d- well, the funniest thing about that is I've heard people say there are two Venoms now in that, in that world. No, stop. Th- think before you speak. Just take five seconds and think about Spider-Man Three. My next. Uh, their news is... I'm gonna give it a hard nay right away. Do you know who Rudy Giuliani is? Giuliani? Yeah? <laughs> I've seen Borat, too. I know who he is. Okay. Uh, doesn't get a documentary about him. Why? I don't care! <laughs> so you don't know who the he is? He was a former I think, New York mayor turned into Trump's main attorney. I'm not getting political here, but stop. Just get out of it. No one cares. It's based on an article, apparently, like a Rolling Stone article. So there's I a do, Rolling, Rolling Stone article about Rudy Giuliani that they're trying into a documentary. Which, I think it's funny they can't just find enough in his life to use, not based off of an article. That's just funny to me. Um, but why is this happening? Just nay. I'm, I'm giving it a, a nay. Unless Borat is involved, it's a nay for me. And moving on. <laughs> so... <laughs> In a recent interview with Zachary Snyder, um, Zacharias, Zach Snyder, um, he said that a Snyder, a Snyderverse will never happen again. You keep saying that, um, which is why people keep wanting it. Um, if you don't know who Zack Snyder is, he directed uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Justice League, uh, sort of. That's a whole issue I'm into right now. Yeah, um, that's a whole topic for another day. But like, if you don't know, there's a movement online called Restore the Snyderverse about Restoring Zack Snyder's vision for the Justice League universe and DC universe, whatever. Uh, WB, the parent company of DC, uh, Zack said is a, is aggressively anti-Snyder, which is an exact quote, and I think that's both hilarious and super true. Yeah. Um, I like Zack. I think he seems like a cool guy. Like, he seems chill and whatever. Um, I could regret that words in 10 years. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> life force is going to change. <laughs> But right now, what I see in this moment in time, on this Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, he seems like a cool dude. <laughs> His filmmaking skills, he's very visual, he's very cool with that. Um, he seems to genuinely like these characters, which is fun to see. Like, even if he does twist versions of them, like Superman or Batman or something like that, he seems to, like, still have love for who they are, which I like to see with filmmakers. Um, and they'll be using the aggressively anti-Snyder. That's true. I wish they were, like, moderately anti-Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> so give us like some of the things that are built up, you know, like keep some things canon. Yeah. Instead of just like aggressively pushing away from what he's done, because he still helped you a lot, whether you like it or not. 
Um, he got more eyes on DC. Like, that's happened. People yeah, are caring about DC because of Zack Snyder. Like, that's a thing. Yeah, just like everything that's happened with uh, the Snyderverse and everything since Justice League, the theatrical version came out, and just everything, it just seems like WB is overcorrecting uh, people like dissing that version, the theatrical version, and rightfully so, it's a bad movie. Um, and they're just overcorrecting it so that way they don't have to admit they were wrong in the choices that they made and everything that they did. Um, and so just like silencing, like saying like, this is the Snyder Cut, it's the end of Zack Snyder's trilogy when many times it's been said that it was supposed to be five movies, not three. Um, and you, if you've seen the Snyder Cut on HBO Max, you would know that there's supposed to be more story being told. And that's why people are campaigning for a second and third movie. Personally, if we never get them, I'm fine with it. I think it would be cool and interesting to see where it could go. But again, in reality, it might not happen millions and millions of dollars to make these movies. So many, like once you learn about the film process and how a movie gets made, it's a lot harder to believe that something like this could happen. But I also said the same thing about the Snyder Cut existing and I ate my words on that. So I could be eating my words on this in a couple of years on this Tuesday, May 11th of 2021. So who knows? Honestly, though, I think you know, what, actors for this world are getting older than they should be for these parts. Like, I mean, like not in an like, insulting way. Like, like Henry Cavill was cast, yeah. I think, like 33 or something like that. Like, he was playing a 33-year-old Superman. Like, that works um, if the movie was kept taking place from that same time. But it's been, yeah. like, how long is that many years now? Uh, it's 2013. Long, so like almost 10 almost years. Almost 10 years. Yeah. So, like, that's, that should be taken into account. Um, that's why yeah, I think I, you should stop, take a break for, like, 10 years, and then start again with me directing them. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think that if they actually made the sequels to Snyder Cut, the only way they could do it to make it, like, still work and be his vision, in a sense, would be, like, as fully animated movies. Because then you could still use all the same actors and everything like that. You can still do the same story. You can make the visuals, like, even bigger. But, again, that's not what fans really want. They want to see the actual actors do the thing. It's the most feasible way that at least I can see it at the moment. But... Yeah, it's a it's a whole mess, the entire situation. I'm I'm giving the article a nay just because WB is stupid. I'm giving it a yay because it's accurate, but a nay because it's. I'm gonna give it a no. It's a nay. The article the, the article itself is a yay because it tells you the information, but the information yeah. is, is a nay. It's dumb. It's it's also that's from Screen Rant. If you don't know about Screen Rant, it's a pretty reputable source. I'd say for the most part, all these sources have been I've been using Variety, Hollywood Reporter, and like Screen Rant, so it's been pretty well. Like Deadline, I'm using like. Good sources. That's important. Um, and then next up, the piece of news. This is a, a, a. I'm gonna give it a yay, but also like I don't really care that much. Uh, Thor from Screen Rant. Thor Four: Love and Thunder will film in New York City this summer for one week. Cool. Hmm. Not a lot of big news there, but like that's cool. So it's gonna take place in probably in like very hard MCU world. Um, like, I mean, like, Ragnarok was very spacey, like, so it's probably gonna be more ground, like, more on Earth, I'm guessing, for part of it. At least part of this, more on Earth. Well, pro probably, it was probably similar to what they did in yeah. Ragnarok, where they, where they go to New York to find Odin. It's probably something like I that. As I said, I thought about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm fine with this. Yay. Moving on. Yay or nay, Josh? Oh, uh, yay. Cool. Yay, because I, I love Taika Waititi. Yeah. And New York's, it's got, they got, hey, I'm walking here. They got movies. <laughs> they actually have, what like, a way to describe New York. They have like, actually very few alleys, and there are, like, there's alleys in, like, every movie for New York City. And there's only, like, three in the whole city. So that's no, fun. No, New York, New York is only alleys. It's not. There's, like, none. Anyway, um, next up is from comicbookmovie.com. Um, 
their information has gone fluctuating a little bit from quality, so I don't know how much how much this is true or not, but rumor is right now that Margot Robbie is pestering WB to do what do you think? Uh, Poison Ivy. Yes, the, to add the, Poison the Ivy. To add Poison Ivy in general. Um, hopefully into a Harley Quinn-centric area. Um, so that's neat. I'm going to say yay to that right away. I like Poison Ivy. Yeah. I think if you're doing the emancipation from Joker and like leaving that, then that's the next step you do is have her go to her. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna give it a yay. After watching the animated Harley Quinn show, I definitely want to see the two of them uh, like get close, become friends, and then eventually like start forming a relationship together. I think it's chaotic, but in a good kind of sense. Um, and I would love to see uh, Margot and whoever the actor is that would be playing Poison Ivy to see that kind of uh, relationship. Emma blossom. Stone. No, I don't know. So Golden Globes, do you know about this news? Yeah. Is, okay, is so it hold like, on. Uh, yeah. 2022 Golden Globes from next year are canceled entirely. Also, side note, Tom Cruise gave back his Golden Globes. I saw that this morning. <laughs> which is very funny to me. You, you, can still keep, like, you can still say, hey, I still worked hard in these movies and won a war. That's still cool to say. I, I guess. I didn't think they were something that you could like return. Yeah, are you able to you change it for a different <laughs> reward? Who are you giving them back to? That's, that's really funny to me. Like, do you just give him back to, to give him to Spielberg? He'll keep him. I don't know. Uh, so you know, I think you might know about more about this than I do. Um, do you know about more about this information? Yeah, it's basically what's been happening is people, uh, companies, actors, uh, basically anyone that works in the movie industry has really been going against the company that runs the Golden Globes because of uh, racist stuff that's been happening, um, discriminations and things like that. Um, people are starting to fight against it. Um, and now NBC has canceled showing the Golden Globes uh, on there at all. And I think Netflix and Amazon have also backed out of uh, giving their stuff like uh, any nomination considerations. Um, so I think that with that kind of pushback, it's definitely going to force their hands into a lot of change. Will change actually happen? As we've seen in Hollywood, if any happens, it'd be very minimal. Yeah. Um, and eventually it would go back to the status quo of, you know, how it always is. The fact just, that, just, to say the least. The fact that Green Book and the Oscars beat Roma still upsets me. And that... Oh my god. <laughs> a racist movie. That's, that's a topic for another day. No, I know, but I want Hollywood... Like, is such oh yeah the white savior is so ingrained into Hollywood ideas and so like if you ask a lot of people a lot of people will be like I love the blind side I love like the help like but like you don't know so why what's it about to you what um <laughs> and like there's a lot of movies like so yes Oscars and stuff like that are very and Oscars and Golden Globes like all these media's uh, award systems are often very whitewashed and very um in need of change we'll put it that way and I think that's a good thing I'm fine with this fix the problems. Please. <laughs> um, it won't get fixed right away. It won't get fixed for years, probably. But systemic racism is a huge thing. If you don't believe me, don't watch it. Don't listen to the podcast. That's just period. Yes. Or actually get educated, bye bye. then come back. Or email us and say we're wrong and we're idiots. That's fine, too. Because <laughs> uh, we'll have an email at the end of this that you can listen to. So listen to the whole thing. Then email us how mad you, us you are. Give us that uh, engagement time. Please. Anyway, next up, that's all the news this week. Um, for right now, of course, right after this podcast, my dumbass is going to be like, dropping huge bombs of news. So our next segment is called Super Weird Stories. I want a fun voice that I don't have one yet. Super Weird Stories. So this is... Okay. <laughs> Josh? Yes. This is a segment we're going to go through every week, and I'm going to tell you, tell you about deep dives in comic book stories. Or Wonderful. into things that involve superheroes. Like, the Incredibles can be involved, or like Batman. It's like in real life that happens that involves his characters. Yes. Um, 
weird can be arranged from wholesome and sweet and but still a little silly to um or out of the usual or oh my god what the heck is happening this should not be happening at all like dark creepy weird fun silly if there's anything is, is really bad i'll put trigger warnings because that's important um but okay so super weird stories today I'm going to ask you a fun question, Josh. Why don't you try to answer the question? Alright. Which of these two characters have become black for a period of time? Hold on. Not a legacy character like Wally and Wally. Like, not in continuity. Of like, I mean, not like a recast of a character. I mean, Like a white character becoming a black character. Like, like a, yes. Like, I am white in this issue. Next issue, I am transforming into a black person. That is oh. something that happened. So, what's the one? So, is it A, the Punisher Frank Castle, or B, Lois Lane? Oh, this is... Huh. It's bad that it's this hard to guess, right? Uh... It's bad that it's happened. This is terrible and super racist. Hmm. My instincts want to go for the Punisher, but I'm going to go for Lois on this one. Is that your final answer? Yes. Trick question, you idiot. It was both. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So... Uh... On Explanations! That... I need them! Okay, so, which one first? Lois might be the easier one to explain. It, uh, maybe? Okay, so, Lois Lane. You know, Daily Porter, Daily Porter? Daily, <laughs> Daily Planet reporter. Like, great person. Pulled prize winning reporter. Um, in the issue Lois Lane number 106, because she had her own series too, for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and she might still, I'm not, not I haven't read comics consistently in a while. I used to read them a lot as a kid. Now I'm like on and off because time and money. I'm an adult. I have adult money and that's expensive. Um, so Lois Lane. So how do I explain this? <laughs> Basically what happened. This, you can see images on this later. Okay, I'll show you some fun pictures. So Lois Lane wanted to know what it was like to be uh, someone in a less favorable environment. She wanted to know what it was like to be, and they, I think they said it in the comics, I think they said it in the slums. Uh -huh. um, like, they wanted, she wanted to experience the pop, like, a, a bad environment, and she wanted to see what it's like to be a black person for a bit. Oh, oh no. So, this is something that Superman had with him, of course, because comic books. Something that Clark Kent, Kal-El, the person made by immigrant Jewish people, um, had in his Fortress of Solitude was a machine that could transform her. In the Fortress of his Ice Palace, he could transform her her in with a melanin machine, pretty much. Um, into a black black woman. And that's what happened. She did it to become to learn to, to be an investigator person. And then one afterwards just for like not for like a long time, just like for a day to like see how it is and then change back. So messed up. Never do that people. Never try and like but that's wrong. Blatantly wrong, of course. What year did this come out? <laughs> I think like sixty to seventies. I can look it up in a minute. Um, okay, that that sounds about right. Um, but like, what? When you hear when I hear one of the worst parts of it to me. Oh boy. Well, first off, she changed back because she, she yeah. couldn't stay black forever. She had to be a white person, obviously, which <laughs> she should be because that was a messed up thing to do in the first place. To, to you can make a black character or make Lois Lane now in this new continuity a different race. That's fine to me, but like. From the you can't just that's wrong. Hopefully you all understand why that's wrong. Anyway, moving on with that part is that the weird when he, 
She asked Clark Kent. She asked Superman, who she was in love with, and he was going to marry, right? She loved him. Mm -hmm. She asked him, if I couldn't change back to a white part lane, would you still love me? He didn't answer. Oh, no! Superman couldn't answer that question. He avoided it. (laughs) Which, yeah. So that's super weird stories for today. Actually, no, want to hear the other one? I need to hear about the Punisher. Guess when Punisher took place? Uh, this one? Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the 80s on this one. 90s! Oh, that's worse! This was not for- It's all around, the closer is worse! Well, I think it's- I can double check that. Well, I I checked that, I could be wrong, but I think it was the 90s. Um, I I could be wrong. I'm like, guess what? I'm not gonna look it up, because that's effort. Um, again, we can be wrong with like this, but here's the Punisher thing. So, what happened? So, there's a kid who's in, who is in a prison fight, okay? Uh-huh. Because, as you are, um, there's a villain called Jigsaw. And he was, Jigsaw was in prison and just cut off his face, like, destroyed him and mutilated him. And, like, I'm gonna get you, and, like, shaved him and, like, cut uh-huh. him and just, like, destroy his face. And then, so, he, but his mutilated face actually helped him escape prison. Because he didn't, he didn't look at Frank Castle anymore. He was all cut up. Uh-huh. And Billy Ridge. So he then, but because he was so damaged, he had to get surgery. Ah, uh-huh. I think you see where this is going. So oh, then, no. he got surgery to fix his face. Um, and he went to a, this woman, this like experimental woman, who he's lying on the table and he's like, "Please fix my face. I can't. I don't look. Like, do not want to look like Frank Castle anymore. I need a disguise because they're gonna get me and whatever." And what happened was this woman. Oh no. Said, okay, but I'm, ex- you know, I have experimental stuff in like melanin and stuff. And he's like, I don't know what it is. Like, go ahead. He didn't know what he was saying really, or what melanin was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, just don't make, make me look very different, is what he said, pretty much. Oh, no. And so she transformed him into a black man, like surgically. surgically. Yeah. Um, let me fin- let me explain. Not just the color of his skin, like Afrocentric features. Oh, like oh my. black hair, like black, like, 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 like a his entire face and looked like a typical African American man in, in his facial structure. Which, why would you do this to any character? Like, what? at that point, you could just make Frank like, a Frank Castle. Like, you could have like, a new Frank Castle character, make a new Punisher character, and be a black man. Like, that's not a problem at all. In continuity, you do that. Want to hear um, what happened? How it, what, what happened later on with that? A little yeah, bit. I, I need to know. He got cured. First off, wrong word to use. Um, what? <laughs> let me finish. His this thing that's happening to him, it was not permanent. Apparently, it just eventually went. Away, it started going away. Which how does what? how does it wear off? It doesn't. It's a surgery. <laughs> that's not how that works. That is the super weird story for the week. We have. Was it weird enough for you? It was not all what I was expecting, so yes, it definitely fits in the category of what. <laughs> also, there's a character called Armfall Off Boy, who I think was going to be in the uh, the Suicide Squad movie played by Nathan Fillion. That's fun. Is that that's a little more wholesome? But anyway, this happened twice. What are you here that I found? There's probably more instances of this, honestly. Also, you can find both pretty fast. Search yeah, up, probably. Search up, search up Lois Lane issue number one hundred six, and you can search up just Black Punisher, and you'll find it. Like it's. It's messed up and it's weird and it's weird stories. Um, and this episode is going to be powered by probably Acast, a podcast hosting site. If that's wrong, then I'll put in a different name here. <laughs> um, 
and this is that's the segment. Do 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 did the segment. I don't know. How, we don't have theme songs for anything yet. So <laughs> we'll eventually have theme songs. So if you want to give us a theme song for anything, um, email it to us at nerdtalkproductionsyt at gmail.com. Um, uh, and you can find me at that nerd and theater. No, what is it? On Twitter, it's the theater nerd. Um, on almost everything else, is like that nerd and theater or that theater nerd. Um, you'll probably find me. I'm Sean Williams and Josh here. You can find him places where do you want where do they find you josh uh youtube channel uh josh rudolph picture of me with a fake mustache and a hammer uh do movie reviews uh very inconsistently i've done other things on there uh check it out um i'm on letterbox at nerd the number four uh film and then the number 28 uh twitter i think i'm twitter i think i'm uh at j underscore rudy 28 and I think Instagram is J underscore Rudy 16. I think oh, I could be wrong on those. You, you plug in everything here. Um, I everything. Know me. So if you also look up on Twitter, nerd talk underscore prod, you'll find the place where this will, this, the nerd talk hosting for this podcast will be there. Um, you'll find us there. And so please send us questions, send us comments, send us topic ideas to talk about different things. It'll be very fun. Um, that's about for this podcast. Overall thoughts. You lucky dog was a yay for you. Yes, it was a yay for me. Dogman is the best character ever. Uh, when we, next up, we're going to doing two movies. We are, oh boy. We are finishing 1998, the year. <laughs> um, the entire year. Your Lucky Dog was in 1998, as well as in, uh, was on June 27th. And then on August 29th, 1998, we had the movie Brink. No idea what it's about, but it has Brink with an exclamation point, and that's always fun. And then on my birthday, October 17th, 1998. Now that the year's off, but like the the day is right. Is Halloween Town, which I've not seen. I seen that a long time ago. I remember nothing, so it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, we'll watch that next week, or that'll be fun. And then later on, we'll have Xenon, Girls of the Twenty First Century, Can of Worms, The Thirteenth Year, which I have seen a lot of fun, different things. And then next week, our topic for uh, main topic for discussion has not been picked yet. So if you have any ideas, you can get this in if you want to see us talk about something. Um, news will, of course, will vary week to week, and super weird stories. I already have next week's lined up, and it's very, very weird. Um, but more wholesome than this one. A lot more wholesome. <laughs> this one was just That's like, I, I wanted to see Justin's reaction to this racist thing that happened not once, but twice. Where a, a white character has transformed themselves <laughs> into a black person. Because that happened in comic books. Comic books are weird, y'all. You should and shouldn't read them. That's it for this podcast. Make sure to uh, please check us out next week and t tell your friends about Geek Speak. Two geeks speaking about fun topics and pop pulp culture, pop culture, um, superhero news, uh, gaming news, playing games, watching movies, making movies. What else more can you ask for? Um, all right, thank you all for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.